Welcome to the Bochetti Panama HBC Weekly Podcast. Listen along as Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, reads to us out of God's Word. Baptist Chapel and our podcast this morning. Wish I was able to talk to you in person. I know we would have had a house full had you been able to come today. But uh, it is what it is. And so we're looking forward to another time when we're able to have services. We're going to be checking this week to find out what we have to do to get a permit to be able to have uh, our services. And uh, maybe we can meet live next week. But we'll uh, work on that this week and see what happens. We're glad you're tuning in to our service this morning. And uh, uh, before I have my message, uh, I have asked Brother Frank Four to come and uh, give us our uh, prayer updates. He's our prayer coordinator. And give us some announcements. He's our jack-of-all-trade around here, and he had a lot to do with how things are as we got our move made because he had to pretty well take charge while I was out of commission with my wife. And um, uh, so uh, he'll uh, give you some announcements and tell you about our prayer concerns, and then we'll have our morning message. We need prayer for Wanda. You know, she's doing better. She'll probably be home tomorrow, next day, or whatever. I don't know the extent of everything yet, but she definitely needs prayer. She's still in pain. The infection part of it's over with, I believe, but she's still in pain, so she, she needs mercies on that. And uh, we have a, a, a new lady that came to Piketty. Her name is Pam. She's having a, a stomach bug and fever, but that's, that seemed to be okay now. She lives right here in Bejo, all right in Bejo. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we can reach out to her, and hopefully she's doing better. I talked, to, I talked to Freddie Kimball, too, and he's all excited about maybe coming back. His business is getting over with, which is good. He said he really likes the podcast. He hasn't missed one of them, which is always, it's always nice to hear. Um, other than that, uh, everybody heard that the pastor gave everybody an email basically canceling today's service. That's too bad because the place looks beautiful, and uh, yeah, I think it's going to be well-received by a lot of people when they get here. So uh, if anybody has any changing changes, I sent this prayer request off last night. Please email me and let me know because we do have a lot of older requests that I, I'm pretty sure that God is taking care of it or the situation's done. But uh, if so, we can change it or we can add more. And uh, I apologize for the last couple weeks. It's been kind of a madhouse, but uh, hopefully we'll get on track. And... Uh, we can continue on praising God. Thank you. Thanks, Frank. And I know the madhouse has partly been my fault, and uh, uh, but I'm not going to uh, apologize because I've been with my wife, and that's where I need her to be. And uh, we're, we're thankful that she is doing better. Uh, feeling is coming back in that knee. I'll give you an update on her a little bit. And um, uh, that's one of her pain issues. And uh, then, of course, the IV. She has small veins, and uh, uh, the IV is always giving her problems, and, and uh, she's uh, having pain with wherever that IV is in. But uh, she's getting better. She has to have the uh, antibiotic to be able to get well, and uh, so uh, there will be some blood tests done just prior to her getting out of the hospital, hopefully tomorrow. And it all depends on how that blood test comes out. You pray for that um, uh, she will be able to come home tomorrow. She wants to be home so bad. And uh, she's been in the hospital uh, 10 days now, 11 days. And uh, uh, so uh, it, it's been uh, 
trying on, on all of us, and uh, we're very thankful for your prayers. Thank you for remembering us. All right, um, we're going to continue this morning our study at, uh, of Peter, and uh, we're going to be looking from uh, the book of Matthew, something that Peter did during his lifetime and uh, during the time that Jesus was up, up on earth. It's going to be a very familiar reading because uh, this is one of the passages, I'm sure, that uh, you've looked at many times. I have too. Dare to leave the boat is my message title. And I think you're guessing already where I'm going with this. Matthew chapter 14. And if you would, get your Bible out. If you don't have your Bible, take your Bible and uh, turn with me to Matthew chapter 14. And uh, we're going to begin reading with the 22nd verse of this chapter as we read about uh, uh, 10 or 12 verses there. Looking at what happened during a time in Peter's life. Matthew 14 Verse 22, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After dismissing the crowd, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already over a mile away from land. battered by the waves because the wind was against them. Around three in the morning, he came toward them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. Immediately, Jesus spoke to them. Have courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter answered him, command me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. And climbing out of the boat, Peter started walking on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, caught hold of him, and said to him, You have little faith. Why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those in the boat worshipped him and said, Truly, you are the Son of God. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, as we come to you this morning, we thank you today for your blessings. We thank you for this new place to worship. We thank you for all the people that are listening on our podcast this morning. And we pray that you would open the doors that we might be able to again have services and that we might be able to use this place that you've given us and that we might be able to meet together. You tell us to not forsake the assembling. And it's not our desire to be away from church today. But this coronavirus has caused some unpleasant things to happen in our nation. And the government is asking the assemblies, not just churches, but any gatherings to stop. 
And Father, I pray that we might be able to get the permit that's needed here to assemble 50 or less and that we might be able to again have a time of service and worship. And even if we have more than 50, we could divide into two services like we did before and have less than 50. And I know that you can open the doors for that to take place. But this morning, help us as we look at your word and we think about your apostle Peter and this individual that did so much for your cause and kingdom. And we'll be talking about that in days to come. Help us to take stock of what took place right here in his life and that this might be an example to us that we would be willing to follow you and do the things that are right in our lives and that we would be able to get out of the boat. Now again, Father, we ask your blessings on this service and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as I was studying for this message this week, most of the time I've been in the hospital with uh, my wife and and uh, so uh, we've been talking about our kids, of course. You don't ever talk about your children, I know, but <laughs> we were. And um, I remember the time in our son Ken's life. He was just a boy. And during that period of time in Ken's life and in our lives, we met once a year for a couple of weeks in Florida. We met in the Florida Panhandle usually in Destin or uh, Panama City. And um, we uh, loved the water. We would go to the beach. We would go fishing. We would do different things there on the ocean. But uh, this one time, we went to a water park. And uh, our son had enjoyed all the different things there in the water park. Then him and his cousins all went up on top of a tower that they had with a water slide down it. And Ken got up there on the top of that water tower and he looked down. And he just stood there. And they made him stand aside while others went on down the slide. But he just stood there <laughs> looking down and looking at us. We could see him up there and he could see us. And he must have stood there for 15 minutes. And we thought he was never going to come down. We thought we would see him walking down the uh, steps coming back to us because some did that. We saw them do that while we were standing there. But finally, Ken got up his nerve and he jumped in that slide and he came down. We were told that it was an 85-foot drop. That's a pretty good distance, isn't it? But then when he got down on the bottom, he couldn't wait to climb back up and, and do it again and again and again and again. And him and his cousins just had a wonderful time. And mostly at that one water slide that was so tall. But it took a little bit for him to get up his nerve to come down. As we think about Peter, you know, we think about his failure. We think about him taking his eyes off of Jesus. We think about the waves, how that they were something that 
caught his attention and the wind and, and he became afraid. But we don't think about him getting off the boat and walking on the water. You see, he at first had faith, didn't he? He at first did an amazing thing. And so let us not focus this morning on the failure that Peter had, but let's think for just a few minutes about his success and how he did something that I don't think anybody else in history has ever done, walked on water. Now, Peter helps us answer those questions that we have sometimes in our lives about fear, being afraid. Now don't think that Peter didn't have some fright, he didn't have some fear as he looked at Jesus coming walking on the water and even after he realized it was him and then getting down to walk on that water. God is giving this message to us today so that as we read about Peter walking on the water, we might see that there's things that we need to overcome in our lives. If we look closely enough, we might be able to discover how we can follow Peter's example. I love Peter because he reminds me of myself. So many times, Peter has good intentions. We see him being outspoken at times and saying really things that he shouldn't have said. Maybe even sometimes doing things that he shouldn't have done. We'll cover some of those in our future messages. But Peter wanted to walk on water. He wanted to come to Jesus. And if we look closely enough, we discover the courage that it took to do that. Peter understands failure, that's for sure. As we look at it as in his entire life, we talked before last week as we uh, looked at Peter beginning to follow Jesus, that he had some things in his past that he wasn't proud of. Most of us do. And then, as we see Jesus reaching out to pull Peter out of the water, we see forgiveness. And Peter has the joy of being used greatly by God later in his life. And I suppose that as we look at Peter's life in the future, we think more maybe about the day of Pentecost and things that happened then. Peter preaching, to a, sermon, uh, to, uh, preaching a sermon to over 5,000 people. And 5,000 of them joined the church that one day, remember? Well, if we had 5,000 people here, we would be breaking the law, wouldn't we, this morning? <laughs> Certainly. But wouldn't it be great to have 5,000 people join our church at one time? Maybe there's 5,000 people listening to our podcast this morning. Come to Hillside. 
We'll make a place for you. We'll find room. But back to what we're looking at this morning. Peter walking on the water. Note that he had faith enough to get out of the boat. If Peter had little faith, those others that were in the boat that didn't have a desire to come and walk toward Jesus had none. Am I right? It's really easy to criticize others. Like the expression we had in the U.S. of a Monday morning quarterback. Well, we sort of do that here in Panama too, don't we, as we watch sports events. And we're always able to rehash things. We're always able to look at plays that didn't go right or didn't go like we wanted them to go and, and think about the mistakes that were made. But you know it's something else to stand in the pocket and fire that bullet down the field for somebody to catch and score that touchdown. When it comes to trusting Jesus, what keeps us from getting out of the boat? What keeps us from walking on the water? What keeps us from trusting Jesus? That's what I'm asking. This morning I want to look at the reasons we're often afraid to leave the boat. And we'll be looking at the way that Peter overcame and how we can do the same thing. How that we can dare to trust completely in our Lord. Maybe you're facing something today that seems impossible. Maybe you're up against physical, financial, or mental challenges. We all experience obstacles in our lives from one time to another. We may not always demand a miracle to walk on water, so to speak. As in the case of many times in Jesus' life when he did the miraculous, feeding the 5,000, providing water to the multitudes in the desert through Moses. We may not need a miracle, or maybe we do. But God is able to supply the grace that we might do what we need to do in our lives. Are we willing to trust God? Whatever things in our lives that are going on right now that He might take care of those things, that He might be sufficient for the hour. You see, in our reading this morning, I didn't give you the background that was there, but Jesus had just fed the multitude. <clears throat> Five loaves and two fishes were used to feed the crowd. And then after the feeding, the multitude was still there. But he made the disciples get into the boat and go to the other side. He dismissed that crowd and then went up on the mountain so he could pray by himself. 
Now let me stop for just a moment and, and think about Jesus' prayer life. Maybe one of the reasons that we fail, maybe one of the reasons that we don't do everything we ought to do is because we don't have enough time in prayer to God. We don't bring every petition to Him. He wants us to bring every thought. He wants us to bring every concern. He wants us to talk to Him about everything in our lives, everything in our lives. Are we willing to do that? Well, Jesus went to His Father in prayer on many, many occasions, and that's what He does here. He goes up on the mountaintop. We need a place where we can get alone, when we can get by ourselves, when we can have time separately from the cares and the concerns of the world and just empty our hearts before God. Bible reading might be a good thing at that moment in time as well. But as Jesus was up there praying, the disciples had gone out on the water. They had gone a distance from the land and the wind was strong. And Jesus then comes to the disciples. And instead of getting another boat, instead of rowing his way out to where they were, he just walked on the water. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice to be able to do? I've known some times in my life when I wished I could walk on water because the waves were rough. But as they saw Jesus coming toward them, their imaginations ran away. And they thought they were seeing a ghost. You see, his appearance was completely unexpected. The fact that they could see him suggests that this event must have taken place near dawn because we get the idea that it was a stormy sea. Probably not enough moonlight to light the area up for them to be able to see him. And so it was probably close to dawn. Here they had been all night out on the sea. And they just knew it had to be a ghost to be able to come and walk on the water toward them. And Jesus said to them, have courage, it is I. Don't be afraid, in verse 27. In the Greek text, the phrase, it is I, is literally one of the great I am statements in the New Testament. An allusion to the name of God in the Old Testament. We'll have to take that study sometime of looking at the I am statements of Jesus, but this is what he said at this particular time. Now, what happened next may be more surprising than any of the other events. Lord, if it's you, Peter said. Remember, he's usually the one that speaks out. He's usually the one to say something first. And he said, if it is you, tell me to come to you on the water. Verse 28. His words sound like a test. What if it wasn't Jesus? Peter's statement, however, was really a confession of faith. 
He wasn't asking a question. He was saying, Lord, since it is you, let me come to you on the water. And so Peter's bold faith could be seen. But it was short-lived, wasn't it? But Jesus' power wasn't. Remember the words of Jesus as Peter began to sink begin, uh, beneath the waves and he said, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Let's revisit that opening question that I had just a moment ago. What are you facing today that seems impossible? What is it that you are going through right now? While we may sometimes falter, while we may sometimes begin to sink beneath the waves as Peter did, take reassurance from today's story. God can both provide for you and enable you. And what we need to do is follow him by faith. Today's story of Jesus walking on the water reassures us that God has enabling power for us. We can serve Him. We can work for Him. We can do for Him what no others can do for us. And let's look at this Jesus and His strength and see that it it's in the testing time. It's in the time when there's storms. It's in the time when there's trouble and problems and, and all kinds of disaster around us that we're able to come to Him and we're able to trust Him and He's able to help us. He's able to give us strength. As we look at this story, a ghost showing up on the water. Well, what they thought was a ghost, right? What could get worse? Now, I don't know that the boat was beginning to sink like it was in one other story that we have of Jesus as he stills the water at that time. But I think that they thought they were in danger. I think that these waves were such that uh, uh, they were a little bit af afraid of the elements. And here Jesus had sent them off without him. And they were out there alone. They were out there not able to uh, know what to do as, as things got bad. And could things get worse? Well, here comes a ghost walking on the water. Here comes a ghost that they're afraid of. Sometimes as we are going through those difficulties in our lives... We have ghosts that show up, so to speak. We have other things that, that, problem, uh, that are problems, that trouble us, that are, are worse than, make it worse than they were originally. You know, sometimes when, when trouble starts, it doesn't just end, it gets worse. And this is driving us to reach out beyond ourselves and ask for the help that we need from the one who is able to help us. From the one that's able to make things right. 
we often make fears greater than they are. But how do we handle the real fears that we have? Now, <clears throat> in the United States, do you know how they train federal agents to spot counterfeit money? First of all, they put them in a room and for days on end, they count real money, different denominations, different amounts of money, just sitting there counting money. You say, well, how is that going to train them to spot counterfeit? Well, after several days of counting real money, they slip some phony bills in. And the agents are able to catch those phony bills because they know what the real thing looks like and feels like. You see, it's not because they know so much about counterfeit money. It's because they're familiar with the real. That's how we need to be. We must become so familiar with Jesus then when things that are false appear, we're able to spot what's false. We're able to know what's real. Because we know the real, we're able to spot what's not real, what's not right. You see, Satan is going to do everything he can to lead us astray. And he's going to try to look like the real. He's going to try to look like what Jesus would do leading us to do what's wrong, what we shouldn't do. And so when those things come up in our lives and we know Jesus and we're depending on Him, God is able to direct us to the right way to go, to the right things to do because we're familiar with the original. We're familiar with the one who's right and true. Now, the false premises, the pseudo-saviors that show up, what are they in your lives? I can't tell you in yours, but I can certainly look at mine, and I can know that Satan many times has tried to deceive me and cause me to do what he wants me to do. And not what God wants me to do, but what he wants me to do. The disciples mistake Jesus for a ghost when he shows up. And it's only when Peter is sure that it's the Lord that he dares to get out of the boat. We need to be the same way. We don't want to get out of the boat unless we know it's the Savior that's there and directing us. How's your relationship with him today? Is he your savior? Do you identify him? Do you know him when you see him? Do you understand that it's him that's putting the thoughts and the ideas in your mind? And he does that to help us do what God wants us to do. 
all of us probably today could identify some individuals if they came and walked in this room today you would spot them and you would know immediately that's who it is what about President Trump well I think we'd be shocked if he walked in but but I think we would recognize him we would know who he is and I could name many other individuals that you would probably know if you saw them that's the kind of identification that we need to have with Jesus we need to see him when he appears when he is there and before we get out of the boat we need to make sure that it's him that's directing us as I said a moment ago that's the kind of relationship that Peter had with the Lord and then we need to defeat distractions that come in our lives. What was it that caused Peter to sink beneath the waves? Well, the Bible says it was the wind, right? Probably winds and waves. And Peter took his eyes off Jesus. Now, for a little while, he walked on the water. For a little while... He was walking toward Jesus. We don't know how long. We don't know how far it was from where Peter was, where the boat was, to where Jesus was. But it was a little bit of a distance. And for just a time, he walked on water. But then things changed. And the Bible says he took his eyes off Jesus. That's how we fail. That's what happens in our lives when we don't do what God wants us to do as he's leading us into some decision that we may uh, need to make, something that, that uh, we need to accomplish. And as long as we've got our eyes on Jesus, as long as we're listening to him, as long as we're studying his word, as long as we're thinking about the things that he's directing our minds and our thoughts and our actions into, we're accomplishing something for him. But then at the moment we take our eyes off of Jesus, we're going to sink. We're going to go beneath the waves. You see, it's as Peter gets distracted. And it's not by unordinary things. It's the waves that are around him. They were, they were there at the moment he stepped out of the boat. It wasn't something that just happened. It wasn't that the waves or the wind got worse as he was walking toward Jesus. At least the Bible doesn't say that, does it? But it's the same wind, the same storm, the same problems that were there on the water as Peter climbed out of the boat that got his attention as he was walking toward Jesus. And I think that's the way it is in our lives as we begin to sink beneath the waves. It's not the extraordinary, it's the ordinary. It's the things that have been in our lives, it's the things that have always been happening there that distract us, get our attention, and keep us from looking to Jesus, the source of our strength and the source of our ability and our power to do God's work.
In 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, the Bible says, The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Is that right? Let's read that again. The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. You see, Satan is always our enemy. Always. He's always trying to defeat us. He's always trying to lead us astray. He's always trying to get us to do what we don't need to do. Always. But the one who is in us, it's Jesus if we're saved, if we know Him as our personal Savior, it's Jesus who is able to defeat our enemy. Because He's greater than the one who is in the world. And then Luke chapter 9, verse 51, it says, When the days were coming to a close for him to be taken up, speaking of Jesus, of course, he was determined to journey to Jerusalem. You see, Jesus, even in his lifetime, had to have his focus on the goal that God had given him and the task that was at hand. Jesus knew that he had to go to the cross. That was his mission. As Jesus began to instruct the disciples that this was what he was going to do and he was going to die in Jerusalem, you remember Peter had said, Far be it from you, Lord. But he instructed them that it was for this reason that he had come into the world. This is why he was here. This is his mission. This is his job. This is what God had given him. Now what has God given you today? What is it that God wants from your life? As you journey toward the things that are right and and God is leading you into... Don't take your eyes off of Jesus. And let God destroy the doubts that are there. Notice that when Peter got into the boat, he and the other disciples worshipped Jesus. And they recognized him as one that's greater than they had seen him to be before. Something about that experience opened their eyes and convinced them and many more people about Jesus. Those are all good things. And as we follow his example and we recognize that Jesus is more than just a person, just an individual who lived. But he's the son of the living God. Don't we often think that our problems are greater than what can be handled? Maybe even more than what God can do for us. Sometimes we think that our way out of our problems are the best route. And we search for some other solution rather than bringing those problems to God. 
Why is Jesus not our first refuge in difficult times? Author Soren Kindergard called the decision to follow Jesus a leap of faith. The decision to follow Jesus, a leap of faith. Much like Peter getting out of the boat and starting to walk on the water. One can't play it safe and follow Jesus. As Kindergarten said, it's like jumping off of a cliff. We must be willing to risk it all to allow God to save us. Peter would call it leaving the boat, right? Have you left the boat? Have you trusted Jesus? Our greatest fears, our greatest problems, our greatest doubts may be right there in that initial point of contact with Jesus when we need to trust him to save us. Jesus is waiting for us. Just like Peter getting out of the boat, Jesus said, come. That's what he's saying to you today. Believe in him. Risk it all. Leave the boat. Allow Jesus to help you to walk on that water that you have. Jesus says you can do it. Is there one this morning under the sound of my voice that has never placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ as their personal Savior? Would you do that today? Now, we're not going to have an invitation hymn this morning because we don't have you here. But where you are, Jesus is calling. And he is saying to you, come. Our Father in heaven, as we come to the close of this service this morning, thank you for the opportunity to reach out to the people that are listening to this podcast. Thank you for the people that make up Hillside Baptist Chapel. Thank you for their faithfulness. Thank you for their concerns. Thank you for their prayers. Thank you for all that they've done and are doing. Bless them for it. And again, we'd petition you that we might be able to once again assemble together as you want us to. Because you tell us where two or three are gathered together in your name, there you are in the midst of them. And I know that as these individuals that are listening to the podcast this morning are gathered as two or three, you're there with them. Help them to know your presence. Help them to know that they're missed and that they're loved and that you care. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. This concludes Bochetti Panama HBC weekly podcast. Please call 6438-6541 for questions and our general directions. Thank you for listening. God bless.